The following has been a Shirt Off Your Back production. ShirtOffYourBackAZ.com Hello and welcome to the Shirt Off Your Back podcast where we are always in recovery. So this is actually a re-release episode. Um, if you've listened to the podcast before, you may remember this episode. Uh, it's one I recorded a while back with a man named Vernon. And he does some work with Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based uh, addiction counseling. And he pretty much, from what I remember, volunteers his time and volunteers his efforts to um, minister to people that have addiction issues. and. Him and I chatted about what uh, addiction looks like in faith-based settings and how local churches, what they do right and what they do that's maybe not so good. And I, I wanted to re-release it because I, I think about addiction and how it relates to health and wellness and um, just how faith relates to health and wellness as well and how when those two are sort of overlapping when those two worlds collide, um, it can be very, uh, very complicated. And sometimes people of faith don't necessarily know what to do uh, when someone has an addiction issue because they're not clinically qualified to assess those things. And I know that sometimes, you know, faith is... Um, Faith is very much part of a lot of addiction programs, um, but there's also a lot of psychology and stuff built into that too. So um, it's very much in my wheelhouse. And Vernon, uh, just I got such genuine vibes from him, and um, he just has a, a pretty compelling story. And him and I connected on a lot of ways that was very, uh, very surreal. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that I'm working in fitness and weight loss, and you know, he said that's interesting because I'm I'm at a point now where I'm starting to lose weight and try to um, prevent some some issues with diabetes and stuff like that. And so it was just really interesting. There was a lot of sort of serendipitous moments between him and I, but um, wanted to re-release it because I thought it was a great episode. So I hope you enjoy. And and uh, want to hear what your podcast is all about and get your story from you. So um, great, great. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's that's interesting that you you are driven right by that same thing because I I was raised I wasn't raised up in a church so to speak okay um, my story was when I was about ten years old okay for some reason my mother come home and she's this Jehovah Witness okay, okay. she she's a Jehovah Witness now and and, and as ten years old. You know, you know, Jehovah Witness, they don't celebrate nothing. <laughs> they don't right, celebrate yeah. holidays. Yeah, right? my, my dad grew up, my dad grew up Jehovah Witness, so he's got some stories for sure. But Right, right. And um, now, out of nowhere, you know, this shock to the family, so to speak. So now, you know, all your friends, all my friends are messing with me like, what you get for Christmas, Vernon? And things like that, you know, so... So I grew up, and, and this, um, I'm looking back now, is that I learned this through the step work process, becoming recovery. I didn't know at the time that I was bitter 
about it. I didn't know the time that I had resented my mother because of it. You know, I just knew that all of a sudden I'm not allowed to to celebrate things anymore. And that and mm-hmm. I don't and I don't think they really understand. I mean, I'm talking about just any religion, understand the effect that it has on their children when all of a sudden they want to change their lifestyle. Um, so, you know, so I, I grew up, you know, and I, I was a pretty good, smart child. I was a smart child. What I mean by that, I, I, I caught on real fast. I can read something. I can read two or three books, catch on to them, make them my own, put it in my own words. So I was always gifted like that, you know. And so as I grew up and I played a lot of sports, I played a lot of sports, football, basketball, baseball. Okay. And I, and I always was excelled in that. And when I was growing up, Collins, is that people, would, I would hear things like, he's going to be the one who make it. And I used to hear things like, he is an exception to the rule. So during that growing up process, and, and it made me feel good. It made, it made me feel good. So yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So growing up, growing up hearing that and not getting it sometimes, now I'm I'm striving, I'm striving for excellence. I was already talented by God's gifts, but now I, I, I miss that 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 being being told that I'm good. I'm striving for that now. You know, so I'm in school striving for that. I'm in I'm in sports striving for those things, right? <clears throat> now, by the same token, I'm doing those things, but I was also drawn, Collins, by the, the, the street life, if you will. You know, you're growing up in the neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? You're seeing certain things and you're seeing the fancy cars and you know, and and you, you're drawn to it. But the thing is about a, a person who know how to excel and follow rules. That, that's what type of guy, well, I follow rules a lot, is that I remember a while back, I'm going back, to elementary and I remember my mother we went to an um, open house and we went to an open house and I said mom Greg, go over here and do something and you know she said okay then she came back and I remember her saying Vernon all your teachers said you could be a straight A student I said yeah I know that she said can I ask you something why why you wouldn't want to be a straight A student I said mom because they talk about people who are smart so at a very young age, I began to abandon my natural gift because I wanted to fit in. See, they talked about you. And I even remember um, sabotaging and acting dummy down just to fit in with people. Right. So, so, you know, so, so I had addictive behavior you, and, you know, you talk about a lot about addiction. We talk about the mental aspect and, and the church and the faith process. So I already had this addictive personality before I even started drinking, you know? Um, and then when I, when I'm talking about addiction personality, I'm talking about at, um, not really satisfied with who you are. That that's what addiction is to, to me yeah. is I, I don't really like me deep down inside. So I have to do things so you can accept me, you know, it's, it's lack of self acceptance. Right. So, you know, so I, you know, I'm seventh grade, I'm playing sports and I began to drink. You know, yeah, MD twenty twenty, smoking a little weed, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I'm, I'm riding this line now. I'm riding this, riding this line. I, I'm, I'm getting good grades. I'm doing good in sports, 
But after I do everything my mother, my mother told me to do, because see, I had a type of mother, you, she didn't have to tell you two, two or three times to do. So you pretty much catch the, you know, cause she had this look, right? She get this look and you, you understood that look, you know? So I'm riding this line. I'm good. I get good grade. I come home. I clean up my room. I, I do my homework. But for some reason now I say, mom, I'm going to go outside. She said, okay. But now, I, be, I, I have a belief system that I need to reward myself because I deserve it. So now, okay, so now I go to a, to a wino. Was a, his name was Old Man Smith. He was a wino. He was a, he was a homeless guy. And when I walked up Red Road, I live in Cincinnati. I walked up Red Road and I go behind these and where the hobos, we used to call them hobos, and they stay in these boxes. Now, here I am now, a, 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 BA, a B average student can be an A average. Now I'm doing, excelling in sports, excelling in academics, but for some reason I'm looking for a wino. So now I find this wino and I say, hey man, can you get me some wine? Then I had to give him so much change to give me some wine. I'm like, I'm like, like I, I'm like in the seventh grade, man, right? Mm. So one time I went to an old man Smitty, I called him. He said, man, I heard you was smart. And I got real offended. I said, man, don't worry about me, you know? He said, I heard you was uh, real good in sports. I said, you know, your job, man, is just to buy the liquor, you know? <laughs> so, so I say all that to say, and this is what he told me, man, and it came back and it bit me, man. He said, one day, you living a double life. He said, one day, you're going to have to make a choice of which life you want to live. You know, he said, you're going to either try to live this good life, this smart life that you're doing, or you're going to try to live over here. But there's going to come a time that you're going to have to make that choice. And um, and later on, I had to make that make that choice. Um, and then when I had to make that choice, it was years later. Again, I'm always drinking now. Now my now my disease is progressing right? in recovery. They say it progress. So now my disease is progressing, you know, now, but I'm still, I'm still doing my stuff. Cause you know, they used to call me a, 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 a coping addict. That's what they said. You know, then I had an older brother named Joe and I knew he went to AA and I knew, you know, he made me. I went to him one time. I said, I think I got a drinking problem. And he looked at me, he said, no, you don't. I said, why you say that? He said, look at the jury that you, have on. He said, look at that Lincoln Town Court. I was I had gotten older now. He said, look at that town court. He said, if you was an alcoholic, you wouldn't have none of that. Now, one thing they tell teaches us is that we get misinformed information from people. Yeah. Okay. Now he he, you know, so I was misinformed. So I said, Well, my brother said I'm not an alcoholic. Evidently, I must not be an alcoholic, you know. So um now all the while, all the while. As far as my perception of the church, I really didn't, I really wasn't into the church. I mean, if, if you know, I tell people all the time is that I was more like a soldier for, for the devil. And I mean, I didn't hate church people. It's just that my perception, and it is still to this day, even though I'm a Christian, is that majority of, of Christians are fake. And, and I say that with some emphasis on it. And reason why I say that, because they don't know how to get to the core of what's going on. 
Okay, they don't really know how to get to the trauma, right? If you if you read the Bible, Jesus went to the trauma. He went to the the pain. He went to the the, the poor people, those type yeah. of people. You know, he he didn't go to the you know the self righteous. Matter of fact, he said, "Look, I'm not even here for y'all. Yeah, you know, I'm not here for y'all. I'm here for people like Vernon smoking crack. The only people I'm looking for, right? Go ahead." And it's it's interesting that you say that because this this. I started really developing an interest in this. Um, you know, I had some some trauma and and some issues in my own life, and ended up in therapy a few times, and suicide attempts in the family, and things like that. And started running a small group, and I, I had this this um, guy in my church, him and his wife, and they'd been married a long time, kids, and I had known him for a long time, and uh, he was he was an alcoholic, and I mean, okay. they say you know you're always an addict, basically, you, you're never not an addict, and I learned so much from him about just what you said about trauma and getting to the core of who, who people really are. And he, he says almost the exact same thing that he, he, he has a hard time not getting to that trauma and, and a hard time just like being like, Oh, everything's okay. And you know, that kind of facade that, that church people put up sometimes. And, um, but he recognizes also the benefit of going to church. And one thing that, that stuck with me, you know, I, I worked in a, a juvenile corrections facility for about six years. Um, and then I did social work for about a year, year and a half and helping people with developmental disabilities, substance abuse issues, uh, get jobs, you know, um, get their medication and things like that. And I'm seeing like so much brokenness in the world and so much um, trauma, you know, and I'm seeing this completely different side and then I'm seeing church people that it's, it's, it's almost like a movie to them that it's not real. And then I'm like, I've seen it. I've, you know, I have, I've experienced it to a very small degree, but I've seen how bad it can be and how hard some people can have it. And it's, it's uh, just like you said, Christ went, you know, the, he meets a woman at the well and this, right, this story, right. you know, he, he doesn't scold her, doesn't yell at her says, where's your husband? She says, I have no husband. She figures it out in that moment, you know, that, mm -hmm. yeah, I do need some help. And he's called a wonderful counselor for a reason, you know. Right, um, right. Exactly. But having, having him in my small group and going through, uh, we went through a book about, um, it was a guy, he grew up in a very like legalistic Pentecostal culture and he grew up with depression and OCD. So his whole life, he's thinking, well, I must be broken. I must not be close to God. I must have these issues um, wow. spiritually, but it was, it was mental. It was, you know, he had some, right. some mental health issues that he had to work through. But um, I definitely resonate and connect with that story for sure. I mean, um, right, so kind of, kind of, kind of take me up. I mean, you, you're talking about, you know, your childhood and talking about faith and, um, present day, you know, what's led you to your podcast? Tell me a little bit about that. Kind of the last, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. You, you know, I, I, I go, you can go back as far as you want to go. Right, you, right. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The thing is, okay. And, um, I was just saying that as, as I begin to progress, right. And I was yeah. married, married for 16 years and I always was drinking during that time. Then, then the epidemic of crack came out and, and fast forward, hit bottom. She finally had enough, enough is enough, so to speak. And, and, and now I'm out there lost, 
I'm lost. I'm lost because my identity, even though I wasn't a good father, even though I wasn't a good husband, my identity was in at home. My identity was in my education and, 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 and my career. So, so when my ex-wife put me out, I had lost my identity. Now, the reason why I went back to old man Smitty, I was sitting out there on the streets. I had just got been good about four or five day binge. And, and as I'm sitting there in self-loathing and despair, and I'm sitting on the steps and, and, and a guy came by and all he said was, you're going to have to make a choice, ain't you, V? And I looked up and the dude was, I seen him coming up. But as my head was down, I heard him say the same thing old man Smitty had said. Okay? And I looked up and he was gone. And then I sat there and I reflected on, I said, he told me when I was in the eighth grade that this double life was going to meet. Right? And I couldn't take it. See, I couldn't take it. So I went down, down, down. And I'm talking about, I, I was just that. And she put me out. I was just on this pity pot and woe me. Haven't even looked at me. Haven't even looked at the fact that could have been the drugs. Could have been the way you was living. And I'll go back to the ex-wife and, and, I, and I asked her, I said, you know, because she wanted me to leave and I wouldn't leave. But I seen the kids coming home and they was they was just hurt and you could see what it was doing. I could see what it was doing to my children. So I said, I have to leave. So I told my ex-wife, I said, you know, whoever telling you, whatever dude is in your ear telling you to put me out, I'll whoop him, right? I'm, I'm going, I'm I'm we talk about insanity in recovery. I'm already I'm already gone. I'm I'm mentally gone because because my reality is not matching up to what's in my mind. In my mind, I'm a really good person. In my mind, I'm not this bad. But the reality is if you look around, Vernon, this is your reality. This is who you really are. So I, so I kept trying to beg my ex-wife, what dude is telling you to put me out? I can whoop him. She said, you can't whoop him. I said, I can whoop him. You ain't done your homework on me. You're, 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 I can whoop him. She said, you can't whoop him. I said, I'll tell you what, then. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. If you just tell me who who telling you to put me out, just tell me and, and I'll leave. She said, you'll leave. And I said, I get my stuff and I'll leave. She said, God told me to put you out. Okay? And I left. Because here's the thing about it. She she was into God. I wasn't into him. Right? So then now I went on, I hit bottom. Now I remember this too, as I'm in this self-loathing thing, okay? And I'm in this self-loathing thing and I and I got my own apartment and I can't face reality. I had lost weight and I, my, my, my cheekbones were showing and, and I was just a my big white patch on my chin. I was I was just done. But I remember my mother told me, she said, Vern, no matter what you go through in life, how hard it get to you, no matter what, no person will accept you. One thing you can always do is call on God. And I remember her saying that, and I said, God, help me. And that's when I surrendered. And I was up for a couple of days smoking, and I had fell asleep, and I slept for like two days. Now, bring you all the way to here. Now, God, he's into the he's into the restoring business, right? Now, you got to realize that he's into the restoring business, and he into the ministry of reconciliation. He into the ministry of bringing people back to him. 
When I read the Bible, I'm not into all that history. That's not my story, okay? I'm into the stories that I can relate to. I'm into the pain that people are suffering, how God still was with them. You know, you have these people who, who study this stuff and they they, talk, they comment, they send me emails and they, they say, well, that ain't right. You said that wrong. Well, listen, man, if I had it wrong, whatever. A lot of people getting the message. The message is I'm hurt, I'm messed up, and I need God. Okay, now with that being said, so I went to recovery. And I celebrated recovery, went to um, um, the Army, Salvation Army. And I went there and that's when I met him. That's when I met Christ, when I was in the Salvation Army, okay? And now I'm, I'm being introduced to Narcotics Anonymous. Again, I don't really believe in this stuff, but you know what I'm saying? I really, because I'm a type of person, I, I had gotten a lot from, from my own thinking. I said, I'm going to go to school. I went to school. I said, I'm going to work for corporate America. I work for corporate America. Mm. So in my addiction, my mind said, well, you know, you can you can do this on your own, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, right? Because what I didn't know was that the tool that I was trying to use to fix me was the problem. And, and what I mean what I mean, my thinking. Yeah. My thinking, my thinking. When, when you talk about the mental aspect, and I love what you're doing too. I really love what you're doing. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's interesting, too. You mentioned you were told from a young age that you were smart and you were going to be somebody. And so I'm wondering, like, you get to a point where it's like, okay, I have these addiction issues. And, I, and like, just like you said, it's your thinking. But you, that was implanted in you at a young age. You're smart. You know, right. smart people don't, they, they're not broken. Smart people don't need God. Smart exactly. people are addicts, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're successful. And let me tell you something, man, with, with, with that, with, the, with you saying that. I remember being in the basement at my ex-wife house. I remember, you know, I worked for corporate America. My ex-wife worked for corporate America. And I remember sitting in the basement saying, I got, we have all this money coming in. We have this nice home, a jacuzzi, a deck, rock wallet, everything that the world would told me that you're successful. Yeah, we had it all, but I sat there, right, with my liquor, with my weed, and I kept telling myself, but something is missing. Something was always missing with me. And, and here's the thing, when I go to this Salvation Army, I didn't have nothing, Carlos, I had nothing. I didn't have no money, I didn't have no job. I didn't, have, I didn't I ain't had no self-respect. I ain't have no hope. My children didn't want nothing to do with me. And I remember being in there. And I remember coming outside one day. And I remember sitting there with a guy. We're sitting outside in front of Salvation Army. And I'm telling him the same thing I'm telling you. And I ran that down. I said, but you know what? I said, I don't have nothing, but I'm at peace. And what I had was a relationship with Christ. That's what had been missing my entire life. And reason why I struggle with this church thing, right? And I, I'm a Christian. I go to church. But I, I struggle with Christians because they keep it on the surface. And, and, and when you hear me in men ministry, and when I speak, they, they face drop and they how do we share that type of stuff? You know, I share trauma. I just share anything. It don't bother me. But but men would come to me and then they say, hey, man, 
that happened to me. They won't say it in a group, you know, right. because it takes a lot of time to say it in a group, you know. But, um, yeah, and then once I found out that my relationship with Christ, because nothing feel that, nothing feel it. No drugs yeah. couldn't feel it. Popularity couldn't feel it. Go ahead. You got some, when, you got some experience I, with that? Go ahead. Yeah, when I started um, – when I started really connecting these dots and really, you know, from, from my time working with, you know, I grew up in, in a rural part of Maryland, uh, farmland and, okay, you know, um, didn't grow up rich by any means, but was never really for want for anything. And, um, didn't really have any, any perspective on what it really meant to be broken. And then I, uh, moved back to Phoenix when I was about 16 and, and, you know, fast forward a little bit and started working in this juvenile correctional facility and working with kids that are gang members, working with kids that are addicts, working with kids that experienced a lifetime that I hadn't experienced. You know, they, they had a lifetime of trauma that I had like a fraction of it. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's something going on in the world that, that I'm missing. And, and I was, I was a Christian at the time and, but I'm like, there's just something that just isn't, isn't connecting with, with the church and the way I feel about it. And it took me a little while to figure it out. And, um, you know, we're having this, having this guy in my small group, I mean, I'd known the guy for years and having those kind of intimate moments where he would have those stories and it would be like, wow, like right, this is, right. this is what, this is what, uh, this is what unpacking un, unpacking stuff looks like. And this is what it kind of means to be a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more intimate. And, um, you know, I think there's a time and a place for that. You know, I'm not going to stand up yeah. in the middle of the church and say, I struggle with this. And, you right, know, right, right, right. Um, and I, I started teaching Sunday school and I was teaching a Sunday okay. school class in my church and I started teaching about depression, started teaching about addiction. And I, and I'm, and I said, I don't know where the church should be. But I said, here's some information and here's how to, because there's people in your life that are struggling with stuff that they're not talking about. And I said, I promise you they are. Right. And there had been this older lady coming to our church and nobody really knew a whole lot about her, but people were starting to get, a note, get to know her and, you know, introduce themselves and, and you know, hey, we're going to go to lunch after church. You know, you're welcome to join us and things like that. Just surface level stuff. And then she attended one of my classes and she pulled me aside and said, I'm really glad that you're doing this. Cause she said, not enough people talk about this stuff. Told me she was an addict, told me she had these issues. She was hooked on pain pills. Um, her husband was sick and she was using them to cope and things like that. Yeah. And turns out my friend who had just finished his uh, degree and just got his um, addiction counseling uh, Matt, you know, got his master's degree and got his uh, mm -hmm. clinical license in addiction counseling. He just got his license to practice independently. So okay. connected, connected him and her. And wow. just having that, and I, I don't know what happened to her. I haven't seen her in a number of years, but just having that space, just like you said, having that space to talk about it, mm -hmm. opened up the door for her. And just me being a little bit vulnerable, right. opened up the door for her to say, hey, that's something I struggle with too. Exactly. And um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember you take me back to well, now I, I pray for a church, right? And I become a member of this church. And, and my wife introduced me to this pastor. She said, just come to him one time. Now you got to realize at this time, I'm bouncing back and forth through churches. 
And, and what happened, I go visit the church that I'm part of now, and I, I connected to him. But the rebellious spirit in me, uh, you know, because my wife said one time, right? And I said, I have forgot I prayed I want a place to join because I, I began to study the Bible on my own. And, and as I began to study, I began to understand that it's recovery isn't just for me. It's for me to give it to other people. Okay, so so I was rebellious against church people. I'm like, that's okay. I'm gonna be obedient. So I joined this church, and I um I met the pastor after the um sermon, and um and he said I felt your spirit. Right now, I said okay, and I can tell he was looking at me a certain way. So anyway, long story short, I'm already in recovery now. Okay, I'm already in recovery. So now. I'm having these one-on-one meetings with the pastor, like I'm talking to you, and I'm just getting vulnerable now. But, but I'm in recovery, so I guess it's my nature now. And he looking at me like, you know, like and just looking at me. And I told him about how I got a best friend that I check in with. I said I got a friend that I check in with every day, and we talk about everything. I said I feel like a woman sometimes that I talk so much. Right? <laughs> and he started laughing like that. He said. Can you bring that to, to the church? I said, bring what to the church? He said, how often do you talk to this guy? I said, I talk to him like every day. I tell him everything. He said, can you bring that to the church? And we're going to call it men check-in. Mm. He said, I want that in my church. Right now, we mean, you were talking about celebrate recovery. Okay. And as you were talking about how the church thing came about, is that my pastor introduced me to celebrate recovery. Right. He, he introduced me to it. he said, as a ministry, I want you to be part of. So what I'm getting at, our pastor is big on recovery. This is how big he is on it. He's big on trauma. He's big on things. He's so big on it. Now, he want me to bring this vulnerability. I said, you want the check in? He said, yeah, bring that. So again, now he have this big thing and he's up there and he's saying men check in. He had a slides and all this and all these men are, you know, all these men are signing up. Then he said, celebrate recovery. Now he's promoting this thing like, and Vernon, get with Vernon. They all these guys like, yeah, yeah, about 20, 25, 30 guys signing up for celebrate recovery. Man, listen, we had celebrate recovery. Let's really watch it for five years, man. We got about five guys up in there. Majority of them is not from my church. Go ahead, man. No, that <laughs> you're speaking my language now because that's huge having that space for men. Part part of my thing with church is a lot of times I feel like it's it's very effeminate, and it's okay. very much geared towards women in a lot of ways. I think. Um, okay. And and I, maybe that's just based on my experience. I don't know, but. Um, I feel like there, there's, there's two things. There's not a space for men to be vulnerable and be like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. And there's also less space for like, I think men just to be men and just kind of to joke around and be real with one another and having that in a church setting and kind of have it in a, in a safe space um, where you can share things. Cause there, there's something about being vulnerable and being open with another man that I think is, yeah. is unique. And, and to have that in a church setting is, is very healthy, I think, and necessary. And it, um, I think it's something that's probably less prevalent than it should be. And, and also it's, it's much needed. 
and I'm a, I'm a, I go to a men meeting on Zoom uh, at, at seven Eastern time Mondays, and the name of it is Man Cave. If you don't mm-hmm. mind me giving that meeting ID to oh, you absolutely. and the yeah. listeners, and talk about this thing is powerful. Um, again, it's on Monday nights at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the meeting ID number is 547-335-6554. Again, that meeting ID number is 547-335-6554. And it's called Man Cave. You don't need no code or nothing. You can get in just like that. It's powerful. I would love for you to um to come in and listen and um and listen how vulnerable we get. Um, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is that, you know, so now the pastor won't want this this men thing and he won't this this uh vulnerability as you was just talking about to to come to the church. And and like I said, a lot of church guys didn't um didn't show up. So now my one of my best friends who had passed away now, he's doing something, he was doing something out of California, and he told me something. He said, Vernon. You have to realize when God called you to do something. He said, lie. He said, I'm telling you. I'm telling you just from my experience. If Because, you know, God told him, God had told me to go out into the streets and start, you know, speaking in the streets, right? And, and he said, when God does that, you have to follow him. He said, because a lot of, when you're doing things like that for God, a lot of guys from the church ain't going with you. Okay, it's just not going. And and I say all that to say, now I'm getting closer to the pastor. Now he asked me to speak a sermon. Now you gotta realize I'm the same guy that, that didn't have nothing to do with no church. He used to laugh at the church, but see this pastor sees something in me. And I said, so what, what, what you want me to do? He said, I want you to carry, you know, came in recovery, call it carry the message. Now I'm getting close to him. He said, I want you to carry the message. I said to your to your to your church. <laughs> he said, "Cause I'm in awe." I'm like, man. So first thing I say to myself, and as I'm watching the pass, I say to myself, "Lord, please don't have me up there cussing, right?" <laughs> right. So now I go up there, and, and I'm a little rough on the edges, you know. They say you, I'm a little raw, and you know, and I, and I speak the truth. I speak my experience. That's all I have. Now, as I'm up there and I'm looking out in the church and they and they just in awe, they just in awe, like, what this guy? But here's the thing, something like what you said. I get down, I go out there and they people coming up to me. They saying, oh my goodness, you're sharing my story. I needed to hear that. I share my trauma. I share growing up without a father. I'm talking about one old lady old enough to be my grandmother. She said, young man, you got to make, I'm, I got to take a good look at my life now because of you. And I'm looking at her like, but see, you don't know what God, how God will use you. And, and I'm going to tell you this, this is not a coincidence that I'm sitting here being interviewed yeah. by this. Okay. I'm not confused by that. You know, I'm not, because a lot of, a lot of I'm hearing you and I really listen to a couple of your podcasts is right down on the movement that I'm doing. Right now, I mean, I'm on the same thing. You on? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I. Uh, so right, right now, I work in uh, fitness and weight loss. Right, so uh, people get orders from their doctor. Hey, you know, you're you're borderline diabetic. Like, you need to lose some weight, fix your diet. So, I don't necessarily give out nutrition advice, but I use uh, 
like cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, right? Let's set some goals around eating and similar to what you would do in, in recovery, right? You set, you set specific goals and you set timelines for those goals and things like that. And it's, it's kind of the same stuff. And it's, and I'm, I'm connecting all these dots and piecing all this together. And I'm like, man, this stuff I'm learning about eating and and food and weight loss and and your mind and your brain. And it's, it's a lot of it's connected to the church. And sometimes you say things like, like psychology, you say things like behavior and stuff in church. And that gets kind of a, you know, Oh, well we don't, we don't need to talk about that because we have the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, the Bible's amazing. And there's power in the spirit and there's power in those words but there's still a lot of broken people in the church that are scared to say that they're broken and are scared to say they're hurting because yeah. then what, it, what does that mean? They might feel like they're not spiritual enough or they're not connected to God enough or, or so I don't know if you can, is I don't, I don't know a whole lot about celebrate recovery. I, I, I know okay. a little bit. Can you speak a little bit to that? Like what their kind of mission is and what the, um, oh, celebrate recovery. what they're all about. Yeah. Okay, Celebrate Recovery, it's a, um, a 12-step uh, biblical program. And what, what, what drawn me to that is because I'm also a member of Narcotics Anonymous, right? And Because um, that's where I got, I got my foundation of recovery from, okay? But I was introduced to um, Celebrate Recovery, like I said, in the church. And it's about, it's, it's, it's 12 steps, but it's, it's biblical. And what I mean by that, there are spiritual Bible scriptures to pertaining to each step. Yeah. Okay, like like step one is say we was powerless over our addiction and our lives had become un- unmanageable, right? There's mm-hmm. scriptures that support that. And really mm-hmm. that's what that is. And everybody, what I like about Celebrate Recovery is that everybody has the same higher power. We call them Jesus. Yeah. That, you know, you know, and whereas in Narcotics Anonymous, you know, <laughs> anybody could be a higher power, you know, but yeah. as long as he's loving and caring. Long as he's loving and caring, you know, and um, yeah, celebrate recovery is really, really keep me grounded, so to speak, and, and it had me looking in my Bible a lot. But, but that's really the essence of the, of celebrate okay. recovery is that it's biblical, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, and you would talk about the health thing. Now they talk about addiction affects us mentally, physically, and spiritually. And, I, and again, I told you, I really don't believe it's a coincidence because guess what I've been started doing since last week. I've been watching what I eat and I've yeah. been working out. <laughs> I've, yeah, you, you know what I mean? I've been watching what I eat and I've been working out. And uh, yeah. because I don't, because when, when they say in recovery, you put the dope down, you pick up food, you yeah. know, you know, and, and I know I went to an older member. I said, you know, you ain't experienced strength and hope on step six and step six talk about character defects. We need to talk about dope no more. We just talk about character defects. Okay. We're talking about shortcomings and defects. And this older member took me outside. I said, "Yeah, Vern, I got some experience on step six. He said people addicts used to die from drugs. He said now they're getting clean and they're dying from character defects. He said they're coming in here overweight. They're getting overweight. The doctor tell them to lose weight." They're not losing weight. That's a character defect. They're smoking cigarettes. The doctor is telling them to stop smoking cigarettes. Okay, they're not stop smoking cigarettes. That's a character defect. They come in here, they clean, but they still doing crazy behavior. See, one thing about when I talk about addiction, I'm really not talking about drugs. Okay, I'm talking about a thought yeah. process. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm talking about behaviors and bad habits that I have developed, right? Because see, drugs took me to celebrate recovery. Drugs took me to Narcotics Anonymous, but the step process, it teaches me what took me to the drugs, okay? Something took me to the drugs, okay? And that's where you get at because what happened is in the 12-step process, and I'm always gonna talk about the, the 12 steps because that's the solution. And that's the solution of how I tie the Bible to the 12 step, because they, if you do your homework, which I have done on the 12 steps, they came from the Bible. That's right. where they came from. OK, so 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 God is in the restoring build and restoring relationships. And God said, look, when Jesus ascended away, he said, listen, I'm going to give you a guide. I'm going to give you a comforter who's going to reside inside of you. Now, here's why the addiction come in. Now, God lives inside of me. Okay, he lives inside of me, but but my addiction make me think my solutions are outside of me. My addiction make me think my problems are outside of me, but really everything starts inside of Vernon. Mm. So the 12 steps teaches me how to look inside of me and find out what's going on. Now, step four, say I took a, a searching and moral inventory of myself. Mm. Who are you, Vernon? Why you do the things that you do? See, I had, I, in order for God to be used by God, I got to accept everything about me. A lot of people say, man, you always talk about your addict and this thing like you brag. I said, man, it's just the truth. It's the truth. I, I have behaviors. And you was asking about how did I came up with that Christian recovery podcast. This is how it came about. I was on a Facebook page of religions, right? All Christians. <laughs> now, I'm a Christian, so I belong. And this is what I said. And I know everything is lovey and dubby. I want you to follow me. Everything good. We, uh, God is good and holier than thou. And all I made was a comment. Is, Look, my name is Vernon, and I'm a recovering addict. And that whole, listen, they all, they took off their halo, and they said, no, you're more than a, uh, you, you are more than a conqueror. You, I said, I understand that. But I'm also a recovering addict. No, you're not. Now, the, now pastors getting in, and I'm like, oh my god. But here's the thing about it. That's the problem because in recovery, this is what they teach us in recovery. If somebody wants to call themselves a recovering addict, this is what we learn. We accept it. We learn to practice spiritual principles. We accept it, and we still show them love. But see, now, because I uh, see I'm supposed to be, and I'm this, but no, 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 no. I'm just, I said, this is what I made a statement. I said, I talk to God on a regular basis. And I tell him I'm a recovering addict. Not one time did he beat me up because of that. Not one time did he beat me up. And I, and I remember a friend uh, I had in recovery, I told him Salvation Army, he told me he had thought about suicide several times. And I just was trying to listen to him. And he said, man, I grew up and my mother and father made me think I was supposed to live perfect. So, cause he struggled with the Bible. He looked at the Bible like he gotta be perfect. And when he's not perfect, he didn't feel love. And that's sad, man. That's real sad, but that's what they preach. And that's the type of thing with my podcast I'm trying to get away from. And you forget all that old perfect stuff, man. We come up in here and just, just get honest, you know? Yeah, I think you, you spoke you spoke to something that strikes a chord with me too is, is listening. You know, you, you're talking about this guy that struggled with suicide and, and um, 
you said, I, I just listen to them. A lot of times people want to jump in. No, you're not. You don't struggle with that. Here's this Bible right. verse for you. And here's this solution. And here's this. It's like, man, I just, I just need somebody to listen. I need somebody to carry exactly. this burden with. I, I know the answers, you know, and I know, right. but that doesn't, that doesn't make the problems go away in the moment. You know, it's, it's, right. I, I know that my, you know, my, my spirits with Christ and I know my identity in Christ, but I, I still have pain in the here and now, you know, and still need, need some, uh, somebody to walk with me, you know, exactly, uh, exactly, and just listen. So, so speaking of listening, tell me a little bit about your podcast. What, what's going on with that? What's sort of your, uh, I don't know if you got like a genre you put it in. Is it a faith-based podcast? Is it strictly addiction? What yeah, are you doing I put with the podcast? Christian, I put on Christian light and recovery. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and it just just yesterday it reached two thousand downloads, so I'm, I'm happy for that. And I started that man just by speaking, speaking at church, and speaking, you know, and, and recovery. And and then I had come to learn that you know what people they like to hear me speak. You know, I mean, they, not that I'm this great speaker. They just like the 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 authentic, the the transparency. That's what they're drawn to. I said, okay, so that's what made me bring up this podcast. And um, and I told you how it got started. That's what made me call it That Christian in Recovery because Christians beat me up. And I said, well, I'm going to be that Christian in Recovery. Yeah, I'll keep going to church, and I'm going to keep going to church too, but I'm going to be transparent, right? And I remember one of my friends, he came up to me after me, and he said, Vernon, there's a study. And I I ain't had found this study yet. Really, I ain't looked for it, but this is what he asked me. Because he kind of knew what I thought on this question. He said, Vernon, they say that people who are in recovery have a closer relationship with Christ than people who just go to church. And he said, V, what you think about that? I said, you already know what I think about that. <laughs> I, said, I said, I think it's the truth. I said, but here's the reason. I say, here's the, okay, inside, if the Bible talks about cleaning out the inside of the cup. That's what the Bible talks about. Yeah. Jesus talked about, look, you all that old fake stuff, what's going on inside of it. And also he talks about, look, stop judging people, man. You got this big old board in your eye and you're sitting there judging other people by this thing. Right. So, 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 so the Bible talks about going inside. Now here's what I tell them. This is different. And I'm just talking about being around Christian. Me and, and people in recovery, they go inside and they clean out the trauma. They clean out the pain and then they learn to like, look, you okay. Well, I have a mental illness. God say you, it's okay. Well, I don't speak well. It's okay. You know, cause the world going to keep judging you. Well, I, I do. It's okay. God keeps saying, it's okay. I love you just the way you are. Well, you know, and that's all it is. So what God does, he teaches you how to love yourself. So now after I love myself, I don't have to worry about what other people say about me. Right now, you got people that, that have not been into recovery. This is what they do. Instead of going inside and getting with that trauma, get with all that dirt and that grind that they did, here's what they do. They put a Bible scripture on top of it. What they do, they put a praise song on top of it. What they do, they put a worship song on top of it. Now, all these people in churches, and they doing all this stuff with this halo on, but deep down inside, they got all this stuff going on. Then they go home, and Brother John over there looking at porno because he's preached so well, he can't tell nobody that. But see, a guy like me in recovery, I do that. I come to you and say, hey, man, I just preached, but I was watching porno the other day. Man, you like, look, babe, we're going to get past that. I free myself. I don't have yeah. to live in secret. 
that's that's the difference, right? But that's uh, go ahead. There, there's the verse: you love your neighbor as yourself. And right. for a long time, I took that as well. I have to, I have to do all these things for my neighbor, and that way I can love myself. And it, it took me a while to figure out that's kind of the opposite. Yes. You need to, you need to love yourself and clean, like you said, clean out the inside before you can really love your neighbor because you don't really understand what love is until you love yourself. Exactly. You know, and exactly. until you clean out the inside and get to the root of that trauma. Exactly. You know, and yeah. and I had a I had a relatively easy life, you know. No major okay. trauma. I mean, I, I had some stuff, you know, come up and and later in life, um, you know, some stuff that kind of threw me for a loop. And and I started wrestling with depression and struggling with stuff. And I'm like feeling guilty because I'm like, what do I have to feel bad about? Why why right. am I why am I feeling depressed? And it, it took it took me a while to dig around and figure it out, you know, and okay. a couple of things. And, and one, one, one day that this really struck a chord with it, I'm like, something's missing in the church and, and I'm going to, I'm going to explore what it is. I was wrestling with a lot of stuff and went to a lot of people in the church and got a lot of bumper sticker halo kind of answers, you know, well, here's right, a verse right. you can read and, um, exactly. You know, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And I'm like, well, he is right now. So I can't <laughs> handle what's going on. I got more out of three or four therapy sessions than I did out of like 10 years going to church. See? And I'm like, why, why isn't the church doing this? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what recovery is. Re- recovery is no more than therapy. We talk about it every time, like right now, right now I'm speaking to you and it, it, I'm being interviewed and it, mm-hmm. we say this a podcast, but really it's therapeutic. Yeah. Right. See, see, I'm Absolutely. getting, I'm getting some healing from this, right? Mm. Because see, you really helping me <laughs> out. You know what I mean? And how you helping me out. Remember I said, my wife suffered from depression. You was talking about me listening, but sometimes I, I didn't listen. Right. And what I'm getting at is that when, the, when we're dealing with a person that has depression, this is what I used to do in the pain, man. And the pain that I caused my wife is that I didn't know, that she couldn't just go take a shower. And, and I say, and she'd just sit there and she'd be in the bed and it's like, like it's this thing over her. And then I say, come on, honey, let's go take it. You know, let's go out, I don't want to. And I said, but you've been sitting here for like a couple of days, right? And I'm going, but but I didn't know. And I, and I said, well, I'll take you and, I, and I'm trying to help her. And she just looking at me like, this dude don't have a clue, you know? And, I, and I'm sitting there like, what's wrong with my wife? But I remember a friend, who who was a therapist and I went to him and I was crying. I said, man, I, I need help. I, my wife, I don't know what to do. And he said, Vernon, the best thing you can do is reach out for help. So what happened, I learned, I learned that I'm powerless over that. And, and, and what happened, I learned that every time I used to say stuff like you just said, man, well, just do it. All you got to do is just do it. Just do it. And then I talked to a doctor. He, he said she can't do it. She she can't do it. You know, and I was like, yeah. and then, you know, and you know, to say love your wife, you know, to death. And I'm sitting there like, and the thing that gets me, man, is that it pops up on me and it, it comes out of nowhere. We we cool one minute, we the next thing you know, boom. So now here I am with this intellect trying to figure out what happened. What was you thinking about that I learned like to just give her to God? I just got to give it to God. I got to trust God. And, and what my friend did tell me, he said, Vernon, just let her know you there, you know, 
support her. He said, but when she come out of it, when she feeling better, he said, try to teach, guide her to get some help with it. And that's what he said. Don't try to do it while she in it, because that's the last thing she want to hear, you know. And um, and she be trying to explain to me. She says like this big cloud over you just can't do nothing. And I and I just, and I get and I get kind of I get tied up, man. That, that's you know. But I'm learning. Yeah. How to yeah. One, one thing I learned from that, uh, I, I was going to people that that knew me, right, and that okay. knew me somewhat intimately and knew me well. So no matter what. And this is what I learned through therapy. No matter what their their opinion or their their view of the situation was going to be somewhat biased, and they're going to okay. say, "Well, well, it wasn't like that," or they were automatically going to try to give advice because they know me, and they're like, "Well, I know what's going to work for him." Right. So it's it's hard when you see a loved one or a friend struggling with something. It's hard not to reach in and give them advice. Yes, it the is. thing the thing with the therapist, the thing with the counselor is they're completely unbiased, completely objective because they don't know you. They don't, they don't know you like your spouse or your best friend or your pastor or whoever does. You right, know? right. Um, so they can, they can look at it from o- almost like an, an outside perspective and, be, and, and look at it as more of a, a puzzle to be, to be put together instead of like somebody to be fixed, you know? Okay, okay, right, right. And, that, yeah, and, and it, that's the it, problem. It took me but, forever to figure that out because – I was going to people that, that knew me really well. And I think that was one of the things of going to therapy was it was like, she doesn't know me. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't, she doesn't have to try to give me answers. She doesn't have to try to, you know. Yeah. Right. Try to fix you. Right. Yeah. Right. Try, right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and therapy, you speak of therapy. I remember again, back a while back, I didn't believe in therapy. You know, because again, but you just helped me with that. Why? Because you knew her. Right? You knew you know your wife when she ain't in this depression mm-hmm. mode. So I'm too busy trying to fix. You yeah. know, and then I did go to therapy, and you know, and he said what you said. He said, "Look, man, you know, just support her, or just try to not try to throw your will on her." You know, don't be right. trying to fix yeah. it, but you just helped me reason being because that's my wife and we rode dogs and we ride together and I see my wife, you automatically you're going to go to savory mode. That's just like yeah, your absolutely. children. I'm, I got to yeah. save you. Come on, here I come. But you, with that depression, that that's something, that's another level. And then I got a couple of sponsees that suffer from it. And now I'm like, so now all of a sudden I'm real interested in mental, you know, mental health. I'm real interested in that. So I got to do some homework in that area. And, uh, and I, matter of fact, next um, Tuesday, I have a one-on-one with the pastor and I'm going to tell him about our conversation. And I'm going to tell him about what you're doing and, um, and see how can we help with that? Because I want, I don't want this to end here. Mm. I want to stay in contact with you. I, you know, whatever you doing, I might want to start on this side of the country. I don't, it don't matter. I'm my, with you. Well, my, my big picture, my end goal with it is, is this podcast. Um, I, I want to keep just cause I enjoy connecting with people and I, I like having conversations like this. And even when it's, it's people I, I, I might disagree with on their worldview or their philosophy. It's like, this is interesting to me. And I want to, I want to be challenged by people, but my right. ultimate goal with it, um, so I'm finishing up, uh, I, I got a, a background in criminal justice, a background working with uh, juvenile delinquents and stuff and okay. um, court system, social work, things like that. 
So I'm finishing up my master's degree in forensic psychology and I'm working on a certification uh, national board of health and wellness. Um, okay. And I, I just completed an 18 week course in that and I'm sitting for the test in February to get that certification so I, I can do. legally, so I can legally help people with like fitness and weight loss. My dream is I want to open a gym okay. and I want that gym so working in social work, I would work with these teenagers that all the, all the guys wanted to join a gym, right? And they wanted to get big and they wanted to learn how to box and learn how to lift weights and learn how to fight or whatever. So I'd help them learn what it takes to get a gym membership. How old do you have to be? How much does it cost a month? And things like that. Um, and they would go to therapy and they would go get their meds and they would go to school. And they, so I'm like, why, do, why isn't there a gym where they offer like, therapy services and coaching services on like a diet plan or coaching services on uh, setting educational goals or setting employment goals. Cause that's all connected, right? Right. It's, right, it's right. there's, there's health and wellness as your diet, your exercise, your sleep, your, your career, your education, you know, your pursuits that you, the things that make you feel like a whole person mm-hmm. um, having conversations with people that, that, you know, other sides of the country and stuff and connecting with people and looking at the whole person instead of just, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights and work out and get big, you know, so I get the ladies. It's like, well, why don't you go and get, so you can get your mind right too and get your heart right and get your soul right. And get your spirit right. And have that gym be that total wellness. So my ultimate goal, five, six years down the road, however long it's going to take. Once I get all the business stuff squared away, I want to open a gym for, I don't know if it's going to be specifically for like at risk youth or, or just people that feel like, Hey, you know what? I want to get physically fit, but I got some other stuff that I want to work on too. Um, okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to talk that same friend. That's the addiction counselor. I'm trying to talk him into, Hey, like do some therapy services and you can have an office there and set up appointments for people that think they want therapy and they can awesome. come in and work out and lift weights for a half an hour and then go get a half hour therapy session. There you, you know, go. clean, there clean you up go. their body and clean up their mind in the same place. And That's my big connected. picture goal. Yep. Great, great. And it's all connected. I'm uh, Like I just told you, I just started working out and I can actually see the difference, right, in my energy. I have more mm-hmm. energy. I'm more sharper when I'm reading, right? And I'm just talking about just by eating healthier and, yeah. and, and, and working out, I can actually see I'm retaining things more. I like yeah, all this stuff is connected, you know. And um, yeah, my goal is to continue to 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 um, do this Christian um, through that Christian recovery podcast for sure. Um, connect connect with you know like minded people and people down that same road like like what you're doing with me to start bringing people in minds, interviewing them. But right now, I'm currently just started writing a book. I always wanted to write a novel, mm. right? And, and and while back a couple of times I've wrote a couple of you know spots if you will put them out there people are like oh my god dude you ought to be writing you know and I just so what I had to do I shut down my Instagram I just got off my Facebook because it's hard to do what I'm trying to do sure. with all this yeah. stuff going on you know so so now that's that's my mind frame right now is 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 writing getting creative and, and it's really and I, you know, I don't like to tell people about it but this one here this first book it's it's about addiction 
right? But it's but it's but it's it's about different characters, different characters suffering with different addiction. Again, okay. people always talk about drugs when you say addiction. Listen, man, you can be addiction to to a religion, man. You can be addicted to keep going to church. I mean, come on, you got to go to church yeah. the whole day. Well, yeah. well, you got to go to church to hold it. God said this. Okay, but your husband is home asking his wife to come home and spend some time. To, but God told me to go to this church and, and you spend your... So you're jeopardizing your marriage. And do you really think God wants you to jeopardize your marriage so you can keep... Right. So what are you running from? See, a lot of times people can get caught up in church activities and just oh, get caught yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, just get absolutely. caught up. And that can be addictive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's. I've heard. Uh, I've heard the phrase. The cool. The cool thing about addiction is you get to choose what you're addicted to. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. I. I, okay. I assume there's truth to that because yeah, just like right. you said, you know, it's it's you can get addicted to all kinds of different things, and well, uh, that's one thing I learned from from my good friend uh, doing this small group is he said it's not it's not a it, for me it wasn't about. Um, the thing itself, it was that I'm, I have an addictive personality. I just, I have right. those traits in me and I'm, I'm an addict and it doesn't really matter that it was alcohol or weed or, or whatever, there you know, know. the is. substance yeah. didn't matter as much as, as it was filling something, filling a, a void or filling, you know, it was, it right. was uh, that's what the, you know, the addiction itself is the disease that whatever you're addicted to is sort of downstream, you know? Right. And what I ask people too, just like your friend said, it can be anything. And I tell people, I say, just whatever you, whatever you addicted to, just ask yourself, can you stop it when you want to? Just ask yourself that. If you can't stop it when you want to, you might be addicted to it. Yeah. You know, you just, you just might be, you know, um, but yeah. Where, where can we, where can people find your podcast? They, they found my podcast that, um, that Christian in recovery, they can find it on all the platforms. Um, okay. You talk about like Apple, yeah, they got. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm on. I'm on all all the major ones. Um, okay. I just signed up for what was the other one? They, it's a new one that came out. Audible, Audible. That's it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be on that one. And it's that at at recovery on Twitter is that at recovery underscore that. Um, hmm. That's the that's okay. the hand handle. Cool. Yeah. I'll be sure in the, uh, the show notes, um, uh, link to your podcast and link to your Twitter so people can find you. If you don't mind, I, I jotted down that zoom link too. I'll add that to it as yeah, well. So if great. there's anybody listening that, that wants to join in, um, they can. Did you great. have anything else you wanted to promote or chat about or we're coming, I mean, oh, we're coming up on an hour. I, I got time, oh. but you know, Oh, no, that, that's pretty much. I just wanted to, you know, get that man cave out there and just let you know what I really, uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. Because, you know, um, that's, that's, that's really powerful. What, what, how you, how you, how you say it, intercedes, interconnect. Talking about faith, mental illness, and addiction, you know. And mm -hmm. that faith part, we didn't talk much about it, but that's the big part about it. That, that, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the nuts and bolts of this whole thing is having faith in this power greater than yourself. Because when I was out there using drugs, it was that power greater than myself that took me to recovery. Yeah. It was that power greater than myself that gave me the willingness to talk about me. 
you know, to, to get vulnerable with me. And it's, and, it's, and it's the power greater than myself to start that Christian and Recovery podcast to tell people about my trauma. That, that can't come from me. That got to come from a power greater than, than, than myself. You know, and once you connect with God like that, because see, one thing, too, about the church we didn't touch on, too, and this is what I'm learning. They really don't have a working relationship with God. They, they, they had knowledge of him. But when I'm talking about a working relationship, you, you remember them older folks and they sit there and they'd be going through, say, you hear them say, and I'm just going to call on God. And they believe God going to do it. And I thought they was great. They had a working relationship with him. I'm talking about, then that's what I'm talking about. Like, say for the money, the money short, the money short, just for example, the money short. Okay. Now, do I sit here and try to find ways and means? to go out here and do all this stuff and, and, and force my will on things and try to make the household right, or is I'm going to believe God going to take care of me. Now, I ain't talking about the faith. I ain't talking about the faith that you, you still got to do some work. Now, you got to work with God on things, right? Don't get that part to it. But I'm just talking about based on your experience, and it's just me. I just go back, and I just remember the things God had already done for me. That's why my faith can, I can walk in faith now. Because, you know, I've been ran over. I've been shot. I've been held at gunpoint. We ain't talk about all them stuff, but I'm still here. So something want me to be here, you know. And, um, yeah, man, I just I just love what you're doing. I appreciate you. But I do have a question. What, yeah, what, what, what made you want to interview me? Honestly, your, your Twitter handle. Okay that, okay. that Christian in recovery. And I was like, it was, I, I liked it cause it was kind of like, um, poking fun at it a little bit. It seemed like you're, you're that Christian in, in recovery. And I'm like, okay. Right. And kind of started following you and, and just some of your tweets resonated with me. And, um, okay. you know, I, I kind of, like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm interested in, uh, connecting with people from different walks of life. And, and the more that I've studied, psychology and the more that I looked in the criminal justice world and the more I saw, um, the more I, I saw how much of a broader perspective I needed about okay. faith and just about the world in general. Okay. And I saw your Twitter handle that Christian in recovery. And I'm like, I think I'm going to connect with this guy a little bit. Cause there's a little <laughs> bit of a, a little bit of like, almost like sarcasm in that I sense, like you're that Christian right. recovery, you know? Right. Right. And it's fun. That's why I share with you. That's how I came up with it. You know, and I told you they beat me up and I said, you know what, that's what I'm going to be. I'm that Christian recovery. You don't like it, it is what it is, you know, yeah. but we're going to keep, I'm just going to keep out reaching the people and try to help people. You know? Yeah. 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 For you, for you, as far as, uh, I'm kind of curious if, if you got a minute, as far as faith goes, um, do you find with recovery is, is, does your faith sort of, like ebb and flow with recovery. So if, if how does for you, I guess, how does faith fit with recovery? Okay. Faith fit with me in recovery. I don't, I don't know if I'm asking that question, right? I'm trying to, I know what I want to ask, but I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't I know how to you. word it. Right. If it wasn't okay, let's put it this way. If it wasn't for recovery, I wouldn't be having no relationship with God. 
Okay. 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 That, that's that's how I got connected to them. You know, I had uncles that was preachers that they didn't connect. I told you, my mother was Jehovah Witness that they didn't connect because yeah, because I, it it was something about I don't care what religious person I met or what different church or whatever they came from, they all spoke the same thing. And what it was, was, is that mine's is better than yours. And that confused me as not being a Christian. Because I used to always say, there's a God. Why y'all act like y'all hate each other? I couldn't, I didn't understand that. I never understood that. And this is ours. And we just say, we're ours are better than them. And you, and, and so I just, I didn't want nothing to do with religion. You know, I didn't want nothing to do with it. So when I went, but when I went to recovery, they say, you find your own God. You know, not not your mother's, not grandma's, your yeah. own. So I felt my own, and it happened to be Jesus. But I felt my own, and now I'm learning that Jesus, is like, look, I'm not into all that self righteous stuff either. So now, beginning to read and learn and pray to Him, and then then you get closer to Him. You begin. I began to hear Him. I began to hear Him, and I'm like, oh wow, God I used to, you know, think my mother was crazy because she said Jesus said this or. I said, Mom told what mom told me she hearing God. Now I'm experiencing it. I'm like, oh, yeah. you can't hear him. You know, all you gotta do is keep your mind quiet. <laughs> you can hear your conscience, you know, and he speaks yeah. to you and tell you. And there's always I'm and this I know is God. He always tells you to do the right thing regardless. See, I have a, a, a addicted personality. And what I mean by that, it got it was everything is about me. It's about what I feel, what I want, okay, and what I think. So every time I'm going through something, it's about Vernon. And God said, well, you can feel that way, but here's what I want you to do. But I don't feel like doing that because between me and you, like I, I go to another one in our church, another men group. Now, this is our church. And I struggle. And that's what I'm going to go have talk with the pastor about. I'm struggling with it because it's the surface stuff I'm struggling with. You know what I mean? And I'm and I'm trying to get transparent, but it's the, you know, we're gonna get together. We're gonna when this pandemic over, we're gonna go fishing and we're gonna bro, how's that helping save people? How's that helping yeah. people? I mean, I know iron sharpen iron, but how long we gotta do this? How are we gonna go out and help people that's that's out there? Because I learned the church ain't the, the building, the church are the people. You know, and you know, the church or the people. So I need to get out there and, and, and speak love to them. I don't gotta keep telling people I'm a Christian and I love Jesus. Show them, I can show them. I can show you, like, look, I can show you what you need. You need something to eat? I, you know, what you suffer with, man? Yeah, look, man, I'm a recovering attitude. Huh? Yeah, listen, if he can save me, he can save you, man. Here's my yeah. number, give me a call. That's I'm, going out there, save people, man. Help man. Me. <laughs> I don't know how many times like we'll have get togethers with friends and having a conversation like you and I are having and somebody will be like, oh, let's play a game. And then I'm just like, uh, why? <laughs> like, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really <laughs> like games that much anyway, but I'm like, we were just having that. We were just connected on like a spiritual level and you want to you like bust out a board game. You know, right. <laughs> right. it's kind of the yeah. same thing. You go up to it, yeah. like, let's go fishing. It's like, okay, I'm into that. I, you know, I can go fishing, but like you said, how, how long are we going to keep doing this, that surface level stuff? And yeah, um, yeah. I heard something that stuck with me a while back that, that fellowship is a really intimate word. And it's, um, it's almost like nobody comes back from their honeymoon and it's like, Oh, we had really good fellowship. You know, right, and you think right. of fellowship and we think of having potlucks and board games and, 
and singing. And, and I, I believe God connects with people on that level, but fellowship's a much deeper word than that. It's a much more intimate, almost, uh, almost sensual word from, from what I understand. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I heard, I heard, a, I think it, I don't remember who it was. I heard it on the radio though. And it, it stuck with me. He said, yeah, nobody comes back from their honeymoon and says we had really good fellowship. But I'm like, man, that's, right, right, that right. stuck with me. That fellowship, something bigger and deeper, you know, than board games and fishing. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And, and as men, we do have to learn how to be, you know, be more vulnerable and transparent. And uh, and that's the thing is with the whole faith thing. And the more you you you, the more I get honest with myself now I can get honest with you you know and, and you were talking about Absolutely. that scripture when God said you know love me here's all the command on these two commandments Vernon love me with all your heart all your strength and all your soul then love others more than you love yourself see I used to have it backwards too right but what I come to find out and I, you know again as I'm getting closer to Christ I like, hold up love others more than you love yourself mm. oh so my problem is, Vernon, you don't love yourself. Mm. And the only way you're going to learn to love yourself is having a relationship with me. Because the Bible also says that if you don't have no relationship with me, you don't know love. So yeah. people are talking about they love people. It's superficial if you don't have it with, with, with God. Because, see, God teaches, is teaching me how to love unconditionally. Say, I, you know, like my wife, you know, I used because I met my wife in recovery and then Earl and I, our relationship, you know, my, my, my feelings for her was going up and down because I love the mess out of her when she cooked that good breakfast. I said, I love my wife. I put on Facebook. <laughs> I love my wife. She the best wife ever. Then soon she'd say something crazy to me. Then I said, I knew I married the wrong woman. Right. So I knew something, <laughs> I knew something wasn't right with me. You know, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's type of thing, man. We're going to just keep on, we're going to just keep on doing this thing, man. I, and I appreciate you having me on here too, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate your time. And like I said, I'll be sure and uh, put the Zoom link and, and um, uh, links to your Twitter so people can find you. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my, my friend about you too. Uh, okay, great. My, my friend, you know, I had the small group with and, and I think he, there's a, a podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called church and other drugs. Church and other drugs. Yeah, okay. you you might be into it. I've listened to bits and pieces of it. I mean, they get pretty gritty and they get pretty raw, but they're they're recovering addicts and they they explore addiction and faith and uh, right right. It's I mean, listen to it. Don't, like no little ones around because they get pretty. It's pretty rated R at times. So make sure you got okay. headphones on when you're listening to it. But it's good it's deal. a good podcast. Yeah, that's okay. Good great. podcast. Awesome man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it was good talking to you, Vernon, and we'll, we'll have to do it again soon. Um, yes. I, I appreciate your time. Man, I appreciate you having me on, too, man. You keep up the good work, and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Have a good, good night. Deal. You too, buddy. Right, bye-bye. Bye.